Hello, and how was your week? My week was good. It was very good. It was strange because hockey was weird this week because of the Rona. <coughs> Vegas. I'm not saying anything about that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I didn't get to see the Blues play a lot this week, but the kids have gone back to school this week here in Ontario. I don't know about where you are. But, like, still around the province, it's, like, really weird still. So, I guess on Tuesday, this is Saturday night. So, I guess on Tuesday, our premier is going to say that we can, I think, open the province. I don't know what's going on. But there's, like, weird rules. Like, your mom still can't come over to your house or your dad can't come over. But kids have to wear masks outside. I, I do not know. All I know is, all I know is, at least kids follow fucking instructions and directions and they know how to put their tiny little masks over their tiny little cute little faces. And I can see the little smiles underneath there. It, like, fucking sucks. But uh, it is the way it is right now. However, distance education is working best for all of us here. It's been, like, really, really, really freaking cold. Like, so fucking cold. I, like, I want to freeze. Like, I, I know I'm not up in, like, the Yukon or anything. I know I have someone listening in the Yukon. Hello. I know it's not as cold as up there and I'm being like a total like cold Karen right now. But like minus 20 with the wind chill. The kids like go outside and they're like, we want to go inside. I'm like, oh, Karen, Kevin, stop. But I'm like, fuck, dudes, I'm cold too. I want to go inside is what I'm thinking in my fucking brain. So, <clears throat> yeah. Maybe not <laughs> built as Polish and tough as I thought. So, you know, lots of creative indoor activities tons of like painting and art and drawing we like encourage a lot of that stuff and like music and things like that so like it's been noisy around here as I described the other night to my friend Tyler and I said it's like a fucking carnival of fucking chaos around here it's fucking uh it's never fucking quiet it's quiet right now because we have the dreaming place we have the dreaming place we're in slumberland I've been making dolls out of felt. I've been doing all kinds of fucking crazy shit. I've been, like, fermenting garlic. So, yeah, there's that been happening. Like, it's been a process. So now it's, like, really fermented. And I wasn't sure because I have a really hard time with smelling, if you believe this or not. So something that's hereditary in my family is nasal polyps and things that grow up inside your sinus cavity that make your, your sense of smell go away. It's really fucked. And <clears throat> I've got something going on in there, but uh, I'm going what I call smell blind. My dad is 100% fucking smell blind. He can't smell a fucking thing. Like literally to the point where we were little kids one time. I remember this. <laughs> like it was yesterday. We were little kids and a skunk got in our house and we were small because my parents got divorced when I was like 12. So we were young kids and a skunk got in our house and it was in the basement, like the rec room where you have like the pool table and stuff down there. So my dad's like, I'm going to go down there and catch it. Right. Mm -hmm. So he finds um, out everything you can about skunks because this is like the shit my dad would do. He would fucking find everything you can about it. Like he did, we didn't have the fucking internet. So he's like looking at books and like, you know, going to the library, figuring this shit out, calling pest people, calling around, figuring out, talking to people who know shit about skunks, wildlife folks. So he finds out that skunks like marshmallows. So we're going to bait this smelly Pepe Le Pew with some fucking marshmallows. So we bait it down there and then like it's in, it's in my fucking strawberry shortcake house. Oh, that pisses me off right now. I mean, Scarlett just got that for her birthday. By the way, it's fucking immaculate. Thanks to my sister who did like a toothbrush job on it, left it on the porch. Well, she left it on her porch for me and I went and grabbed it. But she said, oh, you might want to wipe that down. I said, holy fuck, it's immaculate. Looks like you wiped it down with a fucking toothbrush. Of course, I wipe everything down because, you know, germs, coronavirus. But really, oh my God, this shit was my dad. So he, he had this bee in his body. He's going to get this skunk, but he didn't want to hurt it. And he heard that when a skunk is off of its feet... It can't spray because it just can't, the, the glands just, it's not going to happen for the skunk, okay? So you're not going to get sprayed by the stinky, stinky skunk juice. And if anyone has a dog or a cat or an animal or a child or a human who's been sprayed by a skunk, that shit fucking smells. You'll stink forever. And it's like the eternal fucking skunk fog of stench. It's fucking horrible. So Pecan, my dad, 
paw handler, pecan, fucking baits this skunk. And he gets it, he gets it, and he gets it in a blanket. And it's up in the air, and it's not spraying him. No fucking big deal. I was not home at the time. He was like, to my mom, he was like, take the girls outside. I'm going to get this little guy, and then I'll go release him into the wild. It'll be fine, you know? This is totally what my dad wants to do. He goes, he gets the skunk, he releases him into the wild. And I don't know what prompted him to do this, but I'm like, he went home, he had a shower. Because he's like, ew, gross, a skunk. (laughs) So he had a shower, and then he went into the bank. And my mom and I still weren't home, like, with my sister and stuff. So I guess he went into the bank. And all the ladies at the bank, because it was just ladies that were working at tellers at that time. This was like the 80s. So it was like ladies, early 90s that were at the tellers and men were bank managers because that's fucking how it was then. It was weird. So we've evolved since then. We're not like all like weird apes anymore. So (laughs) he goes into the bank to deposit money or something like that. And everyone's like holding their nose. So it took one teller who was always like, she'd tell it like, like it is. Not in a rude way, but she'd just say, um, Paul, <clears throat> you, um, did you maybe get, uh, sprayed by a skunk? My dad's like, yeah, but I like, I, I no, there's no way I could have got sprayed by a skunk. I got this thing off its feet. He was, you know, convinced that he didn't get sprayed, but the skunk was so fucking crazy and wily that it sprayed him like through the blanket before it got his total feet off the ground. My dad stunk to fucking skunk high heaven. And he had no fucking idea because he's smell blind as fuck. Can't smell a fucking thing. And this was like when I was a little girl. Like I was probably like seven or eight. Nicole was smaller. So like she probably like four or five. So that is the, that's the smell of silence. Because that's what's going on with me. So smell blindness is happening. So. (laughs) So shit, man. Sometimes you just lose your sense of smell. So otherwise, what I've been doing to keep busy is like cutting my own hair and bangs because everything I want to fucking do is illegal. Like I'm getting some like frown lines or Karen lines or whatever the fuck they are on my head. So it's either bangs or Botox and fucking both are illegal right now and one's expensive. So Botox is out. Botox is out and bangs are in. And so is DIY cutting your hair because you can't fucking do anything right now. So yeah, I've been cutting my own bangs. But you know what? It's been looking not too bad. So I'm not, I'm not sad. And my hair is looking great thanks to woolly, 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 woolly wizard beard oil. Seriously, I have to put a big, big thank you and a big shout out to Tyler. I guest hosted Woolly Wizard Beard Oil Roulette this past Thursday night at 9.30. If you missed it, it's on YouTube. You can check out the hilariousness. We'll, uh, I'll drop those deets on my, on my Instagram. You can check that out. If you want to have yourself a very good laugh and a good chat, you can check out that live stream. We had a lot of fun talking to each other. We did beards in space with milk. If that show had a title, it would be beards in space with milk. So it was lovely for Tyler to invite me on. And, uh, so I want to say a big thank you to him for that. We talked milk. We talked about a lot of milk. So the brief on milk is, there are, like I say, there are a lot of listeners. There are a lot of people that play roulette on on uh, Thursday nights that are from the States, so they don't realize that milk in Canada comes in a bag. So a lot of people, this is like blowing their mind. So it's kind of become like a thing now and a hashtag. And like bagged milk, if you look up bagged milk, like the hashtag right now <laughs> on fucking Instagram, like you'll piss yourself. There's a whole bunch. But like... Milk and bags is amazing. I love milk and jugs. I love all milk. But I'm going to say, like, breast is best, though. So, yeah. <clears throat> Hashtag that, too. And nipple sugar. So, since there's a story behind everything, there's always a story behind everything with me. Tyler and I went to high school together. And he was one of the coolest dudes I went to high school with. He has been to more punk shows than any fucking kid I know, like, in my life. Because he used to work for, like, a skateboarding company. And, again, they would send them to cool punk shows. He's seen every punk band you can think of. Like, literally, you name it, he's seen them. And he and a group of guys used to skateboard a lot. And uh, they'd come over to my mom's house because she was always working, like, when I was a teenager. And I was, like, their den mother. It was, like, Snow White and, like, the seven skateboarding friends. Like, so there's no, like, funky business going on. And they just came over and ate my mom's food. (laughs) I had this amazing sandwich maker. 
and I'd make them snacks over at my mom's all the time. We lived in this house in Westmount, and it was honestly too big for the three of us, like my mom, my sister, and I growing up, but she wanted to keep us in our house that we grew up in after my parents got divorced and everything. So when I was in high school, the boys used to come over and we'd hang out and they'd skateboard like because I had a big street and like not a lot of cars went down. And I had a big driveway and we'd like hang out and just listen to tunes and shoot the shit and play guitar and jam and stuff. And uh, I'd make snacks for them. So I'd either like bake pies or I'd bake tarts. But my I had this sandwich maker. It was like a sandwich press. Oh, this thing was the shit. And I'd get bread and put it on both sides. You'd butter. It'd almost make like a grilled cheese, but it'd make it like a pocket, like a hot pocket. And I'd fill it with whatever. So like pizza toppings or like sometimes I'd do like apple pies or blueberry pies. So I remember one of the guys in the group and it was not Tyler because he always had like a, he was always like super respectful. He never hit on me or did any of that weird shit. But one of the guys in the group, because he thought it was funny, in my basement, it was kind of like no holds barred. We kind of like, I smoked pot down there when I was a teenager and I like thought my mom didn't know about it. And you know, I let my friends come over and smoke pot. Like she was at work. Like what was she going to do? I opened the window and burned some incense and I thought that would like make it go away. Well, this one kid decided he to draw that I made these blueberry pies and he decided to draw on the wall, which we were allowed to do. We were like tag the cement because it was just cement down there and some wood paneling and Christmas lights. It was a real rad setup when you think about it as a teenager. It was fun. It was also like our band practice jam space for like candy darlings. So it was just, it was a fun time. But this kid decided to write, I love Tanya's pie on the wall. So when my mom had finally come down, you know, to the basement and all she can smell is like fucking Nog Shampa, knowing full well at the time that I'm not a fucking Buddhist. She knew what was going on down there, and it wasn't burning incense. Iron Butterfly was probably involved. Some Inagata Davidi was probably involved. Probably a smoky environment down there. But when she saw this, I love Tanya's pie on the wall, she looked at me like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Hell to the fucking motherfucking no. No. I may have been feeding the whole neighborhood. But I certainly was not fucking the whole neighborhood. I was not one of them girls. Fuck no. That is the story of Tyler. They used to come over to my house. Ty used to come over, have sandwiches. We jam on guitar together. And now he uh, runs this amazing beard oil company, Wooly Wizard Beard Oil Co. You can see them on Instagram. You can always find their details on my Instagram. I use their beard oil in my hair. It's amazing for split ends. I use some of their beard balm in my hair as well. I use their beard oil, my oil diffuser, and sometimes I stick a little in my oil diffuser necklace. And uh, But my husband, Rob, is like the lucky bearded ducky of the world because like last, or rather this past week when I hosted, he won again. Now this is the fourth time he's won. Baby number four is on the way. We are expecting baby number four any day. Baby number four is coming down the pipe. These The gestation period of these children is fucking ridiculous. Oh fuck, it's so fast. So this is, I'm going to give you a new segment of the show called Rob's Roulette Rigged, hashtag rigged, recap. I'm just kidding, this shit's not rigged. Oh my gosh. So He's won now four times, and he, we've gotten we've got three of them now. I'm unbottling the one of them tonight, but here's the ones he's gotten so far, and these are like custom scents where you spin a wheel, and this just kind of happens. It's it's amazing. You got to try it if you've never done it before. You got to go to WoollyWizard.com and check out the details of how to kind of do it and join in on the fun. It's a really fun thing to do on a Thursday night. I mean, it's a dollar. Can you lose a dollar like really for a good time? Get 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 out of town. So the first one he won was cinnamon chocolate coffee cake, which is amazing. It's nice and rich and warm and sweet and sticky smelling. The second one he got there was fruit slices and pipe tobacco. And that's like a really fruity, like cigar tobacco sweet. Very, very, very nice. Again, warm, well-rounded. So what I'm unbottling tonight now is we got cotton candy, raspberry, vanilla bourbon, and a mystery, Tyler says. It's a... It's a, a mystery scent that he's stuck in the background. So I'm going to try to figure out what the hell this is too. So I have the bottle in my hand. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah. I can smell the cotton candy. I can smell the, the raspberry. I can smell the oakiness from the cask that the bourbon's been oaked in. The vanilla's nice. It's in the background there, but it's not overpowering. The fuck? I do not know what that mystery scent is. Thank you, smell blindness. It's not apples and Earl Grey. It's bright. It's bright, whatever it is. Is there a little, a little bit of lime or orange bitters back in there? It's not orange bitters. Somebody guessed that the other night. The fuck's in there? Well, you know what? You should call this one Carnival. It's like that Bikini Kill song, Carnival. This song is about the seedy underbelly of the Carnival. The kind only the kids know about. You know, the kind of the part of the Carnival, that Bikini Kill song where they talk about how girls give give the carnies head for, for free rides on the Ferris wheel and hits of pot. Well, I want to go. No, this smells, this is amazing. I can't believe how many people are going to order this. This is ridiculous. So this week, this week, baby number four is on the way. I'm so, I'm so excited that we're having quadruplets here of, of, of Wooly Wizard beard oil, roulette oil. And I'm really excited for it because some of the smells in it are going to be amazing. I'm going to let you know about what that is next week. But so, you know, it was a wonderful Thursday night. I drank some milk. I shot some maple syrup because, you know, I don't drink alcohol or anything like that. Tyler's always having a nice frosty beer. He only has one beer. With a certain, like, something cool on the front of it. Some cool art or some cool dude with a beard. Something neat on the front of it. Something intriguing that catches your eye. Something colorful. So I was like, I gotta have something. So I had some milk. From a bag in a wine glass like a classy bitch would. So fucking Courtney Love would drink milk, bitch. Like a classy motherfucker would drink milk. That's how you drink milk. And I shot some maple syrup. And then I almost puked on my fucking slippers. Oh, fuck. But we had an awesome chat, and the chat goes in the side of the roulette wheel there. There's a chat going, and we started talking about bands and seeing your best shows and what your favorite bands are and what are the best shows that you've seen. What are your favorite bands? Like, what are some of the best shows you've ever seen? I know I've asked some people this before, like, about what's your favorite bass face or what's your favorite musician face, but what is your best, like, what are the best shows you've been to? What are the best bands that put on best, you know, live performances? And some of my experience some of the best shows have been put on in smaller venues smaller venues by bigger bands um heart live everyone knows that i love me some heart and some Anne and nancy wilson i love some of that sister sister i love some of it i love it all actually you know what i love all of it i love all of heart even the 80s stuff that some people don't like i love it all i love heart Anne wilson's got a voice that is just unstoppable and nancy you know what she can play guitar like it's no thing but a chicken wang. But she can sing too. I don't know if you've ever heard any of her isolated stuff. Just these dreams. She sings these dreams. That's Nancy Wilson singing these dreams there. Okay, so seeing that in concerts, just absolutely transformative. And I've seen Heart live probably more than I've seen any band live. Except maybe Kitty because when I was in it, I saw it a lot live because, you know, you're seeing it from your own perspective. I've seen a lot of Kitty shows. Ha <laughs> ha! Social Distortion. I've seen them live and i thought more like a small club show no social d was amazing seeing mike ness like that close up and just sweating all over everybody and seeing social distortion live is was fucking like absolutely amazing so cool meatloaf's another one that's amazing live he's kind of lost his vocal power over the years i mean obviously he's aging and you know, rock and roll and everything like that. But his him plus the backup band he has behind him and the vocal things that they can pull off in a concert is just, like, fucking magical. So Meatloaf's super good live. The Misfits are fucking crazy live. We actually played with the Misfits when I was in Kitty, uh, oh, God, a bazillion years ago at the Milwaukee Metal Fest in Milwaukee. Them and some other, like, real awesome metal bands. Really, like, a lot of them were really, like, hardcore fucking metal bands. But I remember playing with the Misfits and kind of, like, watching them from the side of the stage. And it was a really cool fucking show because it was a really neat perspective to get from. Kind of, like, watching from the wings was really cool. L7 was a fucking amazing concert that I saw live. I saw that, like, here in London, Ontario at Call the Office. It was a rough as fuck pit. And I remember I went with some girls and I had Mercedes around me, like, hugging me. So I wouldn't get my, the shit kicked out of me in the pit. It was like rusty open for them. I think I've talked about this before, but L7 was amazing. And like I say, I got beer spit in my mouth at that show. But like seeing that club show and having that feel, that kind of family feel there. You know, it's cool. It's cool to see that. It was really cool to see everybody that close up. 
It's like the energy is just like lightning in a fucking bottle. It's so cool. Veruca Salt's also a band I've seen live. Unfortunately, I've not seen Veruca Salt with Nina Gordon, though. This is one that some of my girlfriends got one up on me on. <clears throat> no names mentioned. When I saw, again, Veruca Salt, I called The Office with Louise Post. And I've said this before. It was just an amazing, good, small club show. And she played everything off of Resolver. And then she played some other stuff of like Eight Arms and some stuff off of American Thighs. And it was just awesome. And I remember all the tours and the somersaults and the the warp tours, the Vans warp tours and the Edge Fests and all those kinds of tours and all the grandstands at the fair and how fun those were. And we're getting into the chat the other night and somebody had mentioned that they saw Nirvana at Maple Leaf Gardens. Now, how fucking rad would that be? Seeing Nirvana at Maple Leaf Gardens. Like, fuck me. So that was like, out of all the concerts anyone had seen in the chat, when we all saw like Nirvana at Maple Leaf Gardens, I'm pretty sure everyone's mouth in the chat, like jaw just fucking just dropped to the floor. Because it's just like, oh, holy fuck. And then someone else said like Lollapalooza. Uh, I know Rob has uh, seen Green Day more than anyone that I know. And Rob's played with Green Day, which is funny. <laughs> more than anyone I know. You want to look up something really fucked up on YouTube. You look up, I think it's Green Day. Uh, Jesus of Suburbia. I think it's in Austin, Texas. Or Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. And Rob's on stage playing with fucking Green Day. He he told me this once when we first started dating. I was like, I don't believe you played with Green Day. You're so silly. That's a silly joke. He was dead, dead, deadly, 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 deadly deserts. Fucking serious. There he is up on stage just fucking jamming the shit out of Jesus Suburbia with, 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 with fucking Green Day. Kara, if you're listening, I know you will love the fucking shit out of this. So yeah, if you can't find it, somebody just message me and I will send it to you. It's, it's fucking great. It's amazing. One of the coolest concerts I've ever been to though is I saw Phil Lesh, who if you don't know, was a bass player in The Grateful Dead. I saw Phil Lesh and Friends. It was a small, like, kind of intimate concert, but lots of the people playing, and you do know that I love the Grateful Dead. So it was amazing to see that Phil Lesh, you know, up close and personal and everything, and, and all I could think of was, I remember seeing Jerry Garcia talk once on an interview about something the Grateful Dead did. The Grateful Dead were not one of those bands that liked being popular. Like, they were cool, but... They were not, like, cool. Like, people thought they were cool, but, like, in their heads, they were not cool. Which is, like, most bands that are popular or get notoriety or get quote-unquote famous. All those fucking weird, icky things. Huh. So, you know, people thought they were cool. They were selling records. They had notoriety. They were making a decent living. But they were just having fun. They say that every day that Jerry Garcia said he didn't have to go get a real job was, like, you know, a blessing for him. He could just jam out in his band and, you know, do what he wanted. Like... That's a dream for a lot of musicians. Who the fuck would want to go get a straight job if he could sit around, play guitar all day, and get paid money for it and make a good living? But Jerry Garcia also had some substance stuff. So he was talking about how one time the Grateful Dead got invited to be on the Hugh Hefner show. Hugh Hefner had this, like, variety show that was on television. I don't know. Ask your parents. Google it. Hugh Hefner had this show and it was like a party show. It was like Hugh Hefner in a lounge in a smoking jacket, like with a pipe and like girls go-go dancing, very 60s. And, you know, they had like martinis and too many martunis and too many martunis and too many martinis. They had all that stuff. And they invited, <laughs> Hugh Hefner invited the Grateful Dead to be on because he'd have bands of the time on there. So at this time, the Grateful Dead was greatly and hugely popular. So Hugh Hefner thought, who else to have on? But let's have the dead on. So he had the Grateful Dead on. So Jerry Garcia dosed the coffee. And dosed, for anyone in that world, means dosed with LSD, acid. So that's a very powerful hallucinogenic drug for someone who doesn't know what acid is. Created in a laboratory. Well, not originally but we won't go into how acid's made but it makes you trip your balls off well jerry garcia decided it would be funny to dose the coffee and play a prank and make this uh this this playboy party into a real fucking party and apparently that's what happened apparently everybody just like they didn't know they had acid so nobody was tripping out or they weren't you know 
paranoid or worried about anything. Everybody's just dancing, having a good time. I've seen the footage. The Grateful Dead's playing. If you can look it up, it's really interesting and it's fucking funny. Because, like, Hugh Hefner's high as fuck. Like, really high. Like, his pupils look like fucking dinner plates. It's crazy. And everybody's just go-go dancing, having a good time. And you can tell, like, there's a look on Jerry Garcia's face. One of my favorite bearded gentlemen there next to my husband. No, my husband's my number one favorite bearded gentleman. I mean, Jerry Garcia is next to my husband, standing below him. (laughs) But you can see on Jerry Garcia's bearded fucking face, he's just got this shit-faced fucking grin underneath his beard, like, I did all of this chaos. And it's just so funny, but it's almost like innocent, like a child. Like, I know it's acid. No one could do that kind of shit these days, because I'm sure acid has not made the... The way it was, drugs are not the same, you know, pot is legal, you know, crack is whack. I don't think things are the way they used to be. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore when it comes to drugs and scary stuff like acid and things like that. So yeah, really cool fucking music talk was prompted. What are you listening to right now? I want to know. I have been listening to Nilsson Schmilson. I don't know if you know what that album is. It's by Harry Nilsson. You probably know him as like the the lime and the coconut. You know, the lime and the coconut guy? Oh my god. He's so much more than the lime and the coconut. He did way more than put the lime and the coconut. He did a lot of stuff. There were some lost years there with John Lennon. There was some heroin. There was a lot going on. If you can check out Harry Nilsson, specifically the album Nilsson Schmilson, have a listen. I like older music. I like new music. You know, I like I like everything. But I've been listening to that a lot. It's it's a great album. It's got great lyrics. It's kind of funny. It's kind of tongue in cheek. He was a strange guy. Lots of lots of good stuff there. I've been listening to All Things Must Pass again by George Harrison. Always a good album. Really good, reflective, introspective album. I've been meditating a lot, so that album has been really really good and helpful. White Late White Heat's been going on the record player. I love that social D. I love that social distortion. White Late White Heat's probably one of my favorite like punk albums ever. Punk rock albums ever. It's just, it's so good. It's so pure. It's just emotion. That's what that album is. It's so fucking good. I've been listening to The Interrupters pretty much nonstop. They're amazing. Like, I'm like, I remember when I first heard The Interrupters, I was like, what the fuck? Did Rancid turn into girls? What's going on here? What's happening? What's going on? I fucking love this band. Oh my god, they're amazing. And then I've also been listening to another band called The Bomb Pops. The Bomb Pops are awesome. Actually introduced to me by my friend Abby Darling. Abby Darling and her custom jewelry designs. Beautiful stuff. We will be talking about that on another show. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, jewelry. I got some hanging right now. But yeah, The Bomb Pops. You check them out. Good stuff. Really good pop punk. And then I've also been listening and playing a lot of folk music. Uh, Rob got me a capo. I don't know where my my other capos have gone, but I've been putting that on my guitar on, you know, frets number like five and seven and playing like pretty high music and pretty high like jangly, folky, fun music like that. I've been dinking around on my mandolin a bit. The ukulele's been out. Rob's got a ukulele that I bought him too, so you know, trying to find the time to play together, that would be that would be good too. I've had some mellow tunes on too. We've been doing all kinds of mellow and like meditation-y tunes and a little bit of wiggles actually sitting on the toilet. There's the, the wiggles potty song. Because we've been potty training with Little Miss, who I would be uh I would be pretty safe to say that she's about ninety percent like all good. She's so smart and she learns so fast. Peeing with women in this family, I tell you, is just, it's a natural thing. We're either good at it or we're not. And I'll tell you, you like, we're, we're, we're good at it. So, this is a story that happened a long time ago. Now, I have always had a weak bladder. Before kids, after kids, during kids, just always. Someone's made me laugh, I want to pee my pants. I'll say, don't make me laugh, I'm going to pee my pants. I don't know why. I've just always had a weak bladder. It's just, it's just been me. So back in the, back in the good old days, probably 1998, I want to say, 98, 99, I was in Kitty and we were rehearsing. I think we were in our our jam space down at the, uh, the, the Lander's house. (laughs) 
And we were horsing around and doing something. And I don't know what was going on, but Mercedes was like trying to rub her bare butt on me. She's like, I'm going to rub my bare butt on you. I'm like, don't, don't. I got a full bladder. I'll piss. Don't. And she's like, whatever, you won't. And so I'm like, no, no, don't. I swear to God, I'll piss. And everyone's laughing. So that's not helping me. Morgan's laughing. Mercedes is laughing. Fallon's killing herself. I'm like, so Mercedes proceeds to rub her bare bum like near me. And she's like singing a song and being silly. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm wearing a skirt. So I just hike my skirt up and I'm wearing fishnets. I'm just, and I just fucking go. I just fucking go. I piss all over their futon. And like, there's piss everywhere. And like, we, like everybody like stops for a second. Mercedes like, did you just fucking piss? I'm like, uh, yep. Like Morgan literally like leaves the room to go get me another pair of underwear. Fallon's like fucking dying somewhere like in the corner on the floor. Morgan and Mercedes, like, they go get, like, their parents or whatever. I'm in the bathroom cleaning myself up. Morgan's bringing me, like, underwear. Oh, Christ. And, like, so, of course, she brings me, like, like period panties. She doesn't want to give pissy her fucking nice underwear. So I get, like, you know, I get a granny panty period underwear that she's probably going to throw in the garbage. She's like, here, I was going to give these to Goodwill, but here, wear them there, pissy pants. So I put them on. I get myself changed up. She brings me a pair of pants. Everything's cool. I come out and there's her dad. And he's got like the spot shot, but like specifically for piss. And he's spot shotting the piss out of the futon. Well, did I ever want to hang my fucking head? I was so fucking embarrassed. He didn't make me feel embarrassed or anything of that nature. But for fuck's sake, I was so goddamn embarrassed. Because I like, it wasn't a lot of like little bit of piddle. Like, it was, like, a shitload of piss. There was so much piss. It was more than, like, a dog accident. It was fucking horrible. And then, like, fucking years later, in my next band, After Kitty, the Candy Darlings, there's another pissing story. I was riding around with some of the girls I used to hang out with in that band, and, you know, separate occasions, separate friends, same bladder. Like, fuck, man. Riding around in the car. And again, of course, I'm like, don't make me laugh. It's not like they were saying anything like out of the ordinary. We were all sober because we were driving around in the car. Oh, fuck. Somebody says something and it makes me fucking laugh my ass off. But I piss. I like a little bit of piss comes out like on the middle seat of this girl's car. And she drives like a hatchback. And I'm in the back and the other two girls are in the front. And I'm like, um... So I say to the girl who's driving, I'm like, can you pull over just for a second, please? And she's like, what's up? I'm like, I, I think I had an accident. And she's like, what? Come again? I'm like, I think I had an accident. And she's like, what? I'm like, I, 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 I think I had an accident. I think I peed a little bit. She's like, move aside, move aside, move aside. So, so I move, I move aside from the middle seat. And there's piss, and it's a good puddle of piss on the seat. So she drives me to my fucking house, because I've got the, I've got a dog at the time, got like a lab. And I go in the house, and one of the girls says, and again, I'm wearing a skirt and like docks and fishnets. I thought it was done. And one of the girls says, go in the house and change out of your piss clothes. Well, that did it. I fucking pissed again down my leg and in my shoes full of fucking piss. They're dying in the fucking car. So, of course, I got to go in the house. My mom wasn't home. Thank fuck. Change, shower, get all the piss off, whatever. So I'm got this stuff. It's called Urinex and it's to get dog piss out. So I'm <laughs> spraying this in this girl's car and trying to get the piss out. But they're dying as I'm trying to get the... the my human piss out with dog piss spray. It was just atrocious. So after that, we had to go to to this girl's house, and uh, there were a bunch of teachers there, and they all knew that me as the as as the car pisser. So everybody found out about the car peeing that day, and then so like my kids even laugh about how much I pee. They're just always like, "Oh, mom just moved and peed her pants. Oh, mom just sneezed. Hey, did you pee?" So like you pee even more once you've had a couple of kids. No matter which way you've had them, if you've been pregnant, you got that you got that weight on that pelvic floor, you'll pee. You will pee. Everything will make you pee. And if I can't win with peeing my pants, I can't win with the sound of fucking peeing. 
So it's this peeing in the middle of the night. I don't do it often because I don't like to drink a lot at night because who the hell wants to pee in the middle of the night? I want to go to sleep. But like Rob like has the funniest analogies. Like I'll be in the bathroom peeing and I guess it'll be loud. And he's like pissing himself in bed. Like, and I'll get back in bed and they'll be like, oh, somebody unleashed the fire hose. Oh, someone's in the bathroom juicing grapefruits. Oh, did somebody light off like the soda fountain gun? Was there a soda fountain going off in there? Oh, did you did, did you wring out a soaked towel in the tub? Oh, I think you put their Amazon. That sounds like the Amazonian rainforest sound on the YouTube channel. Like you name it, don't dream it, pee it. I can't stop, won't stop the pee. So yeah, that fucking happened. So we had a Friday night movie night with Harrison, which was fucking awesome because he's six now. He can stay up a little bit later. So we have dinner a little bit earlier on Friday night. So he can stay up a little bit later but not be a zombie in the morning because he kind of has to take his insulin around at the same time every day or within the neighborhood of. So I don't want him to be a tired little dude and mess up his routine. So last night he said he wanted to watch What About Bob? So I asked his, his biological dad, I said, is this, you know, cool? I ran it past him before. It's a Frank Oz film. So he said, you know, I remember that movie. It's cool. I said, I know it has some language in it, but uh, it's nothing. He's probably not heard on, you know, YouTube or a class chat or something. So whatever. What about Bob? So he is just loving What About Bob. He is just, he thinks it is just like the funniest movie ever. Like we get through like the first like 10 minutes and he's like talking to Gil, like he's talking to the fish. And, like, my son is, like, loving this. Like, he's not getting screens through the week because he goes to distance education school. So I don't want him in front of a screen all the time. So he's either painting or doing something else creative, drawing, playing a board game. So, you know, he also got up at 4.45 this morning because he knows it was uh, it was Saturday morning. So I guess it would have been technically really, really early Saturday morning. Yeah. He got up 4.45 a.m. because screens. Because no screens through week. He knew it was weekend. He was like, Mom, Mom, get up, 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 get up. So that was fun. So it's been a long day, but he's been so enamored with What About Bob? And like these, he loves Frank Oz films, like for a start. But like, I don't think he realizes like how important that movie is for me, especially. Like, like I love Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. And Richard Dreyfus was like my like girlhood crush growing up. Cause yeah, I liked old men. Ew, gross. But Rob was talking to me about a um, an interview with Frank Oz, and he was talking about like the natural tension between Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus, because apparently on the set they really did not enjoy each other's company. So that tension that you see in the movie there, and like Richard Dreyfus is just like always like fucking pissed off. He always looks like he's gonna just like fucking cuff Bob Wiley in the motherfucking teeth. And Bob Wiley's just like, you know what? I'm local. Fuck. I'm on a vacation from my problems. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I need, I need, I need, I need. So Harrison just thinks this is the greatest movie. So Harrison thought the baby steps scene was fucking hysterical. So he's talking about this baby steps thing. And he starts like doing a video of baby steps around this, baby steps around that. And he loves it. So he's doing baby steps all around the couch last night. We're having snacks and... Oh, he's having a great time. So, you know, early Saturday morning, he's doing the baby step thing. And, of course, Rob's, like, taking videos of it because as as he does, as a filmmaker, that's what you do. You, do, you document things. So he's documenting Harrison doing baby steps around the kitchen, baby steps around this. And he, like, tweeted it or whatever. And, well, Frank Oz fucking favorited it. He favorited the tweet of Harrison doing baby steps. Now, Rob tweets at Frank Oz all the time. He was so excited about Harrison liking What About Bob and being so enamored with it. Now, Harrison, we've made a a, a Bill Murray and a Richard Dreyfus lover out of him. So it's pretty cool to pass that legacy on to your child of such a funny movie. Oh, God, until they said the word douchebag. Oh, try explaining that one to a six-year-old. Yeah, so douchebag. Yeah, that was, that was fun. So I, yeah, totally forgot about that one, Dr. Leo Marvin, but fuck, 
Why'd you have to put douchebag in that movie? But goddamn awesome. Frank Oz got at Rob's Twitter and it's so awesome. So he saw Harrison's little video. So that makes me really happy. That filled my bucket. And seeing Harrison, you know, motor around the room like a little butterfly, that filled my bucket too. So that was pretty, pretty fucking cool. So what about Bob? So if you haven't been watching anything, you need a good laugh because we're all in, still in lockdown right now. Holy shit, you can watch What About Bob. Watch What About Bob. It's so friggin' funny. You'll laugh your whole ass off. You want to watch something really funny? Go back on, 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 on YouTube. Go on the, the Wooly Wizard roulette. You can see the encore presentation of our show. I went to space. We got some cool background. Some really fun production value going on there. Speaking of production value, I got big news. So I got really big news for you. Really big news. This is speaking of production value. So last time I asked you, who do you want to see on the show? Who are important guests? What would you like to see? Who do you want to see? What do you not want to see? You got at me. You got at me like a motherfucker. And you know what? I listened. So episode nine will be recorded next Saturday. I have a very special guest. This special guest has been my friend for over 25 years. We've been in a band together. Amphibious Assault has a new record. I'm having Miss Fallon Bowman on the show. We're going to play catch-upsies, so send me your questions. Now, we're going to do a video chat. So video and audio are going to both be available for this episode. You're going to see it, obviously, after. We're going to record it on this Saturday, this the coming Saturday, so a week today. I'll drop all her deets on my Instagram. So we're going to talk about what she's been up to, what's new, what's old, what's borrowed, what's blue, what's exciting, what's going on with her Instagram now, Amphibious Assault Instagram. You can check her out there. She's got her Fallon Bowman stuff up there. She's been acting. She's been doing all kinds of things. We're going to catch up with her. I'm really excited for this new record. We're going to talk about her Patreon. We're going to talk about Twitch. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. We're going to, we probably got some old funny, silly stories for you. Send me your questions. Send me your comments. Send me whatever you want. What do you want to know? Ask Miss Fallon. We got a date next week. We're recording episode nine. Fallon motherfucking Bowman's going to be on the show. So I hope you're as excited as I am. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to drop again. All the details will be on my at 21st Century Rocker Mom Instagram. I will put them on my Facebook page. You can hit me up on Twitter at Tanya Candler. You can hit me up on a DM, a comment, a like, whatever you like. Facebook, get at me. Get these questions to me for Miss Fallon. We are so excited to do this show. Plus, it's my first live cast. I've, I've, I've not done the video thing before. So who else to do it with? With someone you love and trust and someone you've known for 25 motherfucking years. So we're going to do it together. We're going to do it, do it, do it. And you know it, it, you know it's going to be a really good time. I'm afraid, oh fuck, what if it's going to have to be two episodes? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. That's the great thing about this. I'm excited. So... <laughs> Get your questions ready. Send them to me. I want to hear it. I want to know what you want to know. All right. So we've got a question from Rob McCallum, of course. We've got a question of the week from Rob McCallum. And I, like I say, I don't read these before I answer them. So these are, these are off the cuff, big time. Okay, so Rob writes, We've watched a lot of music docs as of late, so I want to ask you a tough question. Oh, frig. Which decade had the better music, the 60s or the 70s? Oh, for fuck's sakes, Rob, fucking really? You're gonna make me fucking choose? These are like my favorite times in history. Please, oh no, we got here, we got the guilt. Please consider the iconic albums released in each decade, as well as singles and, of course, bands. But above and beyond public opinion, which, which, which decade speaks to you more? Now, more than once you've answered, play devil's advocate and try to convince yourself otherwise. Oh, God. And don't say there wouldn't be the 70s without the 60s. Thank you for being in my brain, Rob. <laughs> in fact, imagine a huge power outage across the world knocked out and destroyed one of the decades worth of music. 
choose which survived 60s or 70s whoa that just fucking escalated quickly holy fuck choose which survived which era of music the 60s or the 70s <clears throat> oh jesus there are so many bands that i love from both of these decades for so many reasons first like the 60s of course you had like the british invasion like explosion with like the beatles and the stones and jerry and the pacemakers rory storm and the hurricanes like like then you had like the female artists like Scylla Black and Lulu and like all the good like Petula Clark, like all the good girl bands that were coming out of England and like all the stuff that was coming over to America. Like because the 60s, early 60s stuff here was like pretty clean. But like the stuff I love from the 60s, my favorite stuff from the early 60s is a lot of the British invasion stuff like Peter and Gordon, who John Lennon and Paul McCartney actually did a lot of writing for because at one time Paul McCartney was actually engaged to Peter Asher, who was in Peter and Gordon, Peter Asher's sister, Jane Asher. She's in that movie, Death of a Funeral. That's a fucking funny movie if you ever uh, get a chance to see it. Anyways, back to decades. I love, I love like the British invasion and all those happenings there. Then I love like, of course, it was like the peace and hippie love, like flower movement. And I think the 60s is when a lot of bands like really got into drugs and things really blossomed. Like, I know the 70s was, like... The 70s was different drugs. But I love... Like, the 60s, it's, like, the flower children, the hippies, the, the peace, the love. More of the festivals that kind of started happening then. That's when concerts really started to change and kind of evolve. Like, in my opinion, at least. The 60s was cool, man. There was Woodstock. Like, everything that kind of happened up to 1970 was like amazing and then like the 70s happened without the 70s you wouldn't have so many things like there are so many like things that i love from the 70s like 70s like easy rock for instance like soft rock but i mean like bands like the eagles skinner like bands that had been cultivating themselves for a long time but like and they'd been around for a long time but maybe hadn't gained as much commercial success until the 70s like what was popular then like Olivia Newton-John being really hugely pop popular in the late 70s and then going into the 80s. Like people weren't ready for certain things yet. But again, like I say, where the 60s spawned, you know, that like the drugs in started influencing the music. Started, people started experimenting with things that they weren't admitting to experimenting with, like, you know, in the 40s and 50s. They were putting acid in each other's coffees. You know, we were talking about Jerry Garcia doing that to Hugh Hefner at the Playboy After Dark show and turning it into a real friggin' party. I fuck with acid in your coffee. I fucking, I bet you it was a goddamn party. Jesus Christ. But the 70s made way to like, there was like, oh, this is so hard. Fuck this question. Oh my God. The 70s gave us, well, the late 60s gave us Fleetwood Mac too. So they're, they're in there because they're like definitely one of my favorite bands. Ah, uh, I don't know, the 70s, it's not looking good for you, 70s. Like, if one decade was going to, like, disappear, but, like, disco would disappear. And I feel like that would be a sad thing, because I, like, I fucking love disco. Like, I love disco. It's, like, silly how much I do. But I have, like, I love Saturday Night Fever, and, like, I love, like, the Bee Gees. But I love a lot of instrumental disco. I have, a, like, a lot of these Hooked on Classics vinyl albums, that are like disco versions of classic like rock songs. They're the shit. And of course I've got them all on vinyl and they're fun to spin. And like, those are very like of the seventies, the seventies made way to all kinds of great things and all kinds of great strides musically. We saw a lot of cool collaborations and like the seventies was like big for like duets and things like that. As it made way again, like, like I say to the eighties, cause the eighties was like duet central. But if one decade, if one decade exploded, oh, I feel so bad for the music. Oh, God, I already want to apologize. I want to apologize to all this music and all these bands already. I feel like an asshole. Fuck, I'm going to be the Karen of the week for erasing a fucking decade. So I guess, I guess we got that out of the way. Karen of the week is me because I'm erasing a decade. I'm going to say, oh, fuck. I'm going to have to say goodbye to the 70s. Oh, I'm so, 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 so sorry. 
But the 60s, the 60s just had so much more of a profound influence over me. And not like there couldn't have been a 70s without the 60s, because I mean, there absolutely could have. Musical influence and muse and all those things has been and always will be everywhere. There's always somewhere to pull creativity from, whether it, you know, it was the 60s and the substance abuse or it, take a walk in the park. You don't need to go drop acid to, to write a song or, you know. The excess has kind of always been there, no matter what decade it's been in. That hasn't been what's been key about the songwriting. It's just, I think it was of the time. So many things were going on in the 60s, especially like politically and around the world. And so many things were changing. Those were the most, I think it was, the world was so in flux at that time that I think it was just such an interesting time for music that that I wouldn't change it because you saw more, I find, musical evolution through the, the 60s decade than you did the 70s decade. I, I think the winds of change were, were more obvious in the 60s. That's just my opinion. That's just one opinion. I don't know if it's a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion, but I don't fucking care. Because I love the 60s and I'm a hippie flower child. You know, I'm punk rock as fuck. Everybody knows I love punk rock and metal and music and everything like that, but I am a hippie through and through and through and through and through and through. My soul is a tie-dyed nightmare. But no, so yeah, I guess if we're going to have to blow up the decade, we're going to have to blow up the motherfucking 70s. I am so sorry, 70s. I love you. Bless your heart, but I'm going to have to blow you up. So, yeah, so that is the answer to Rob's question this week. And, uh, yeah. Goodbye. Say say goodbye to the 70s. Oh, Studio 54. Don't worry, you'll be back in the 80s. Bye for now, 70s. Oh, my God, the guilt I feel about this is horrible. I feel like I just killed a part of the world. So until next week, be good, be kind, wash your hands, be good to each other, do something nice for someone for no fucking reason. Get to bed, baby, you can leave your fucking mask on. Yeah! I will see you, beautiful people, next week. I'm so excited to party now with you. Fallon is super excited, too. Oh, my God. Get ready to shit your fucking pants. It's on!